0: The Book of Enoch, found within the Dead Sea Scrolls, quoted by Jude, taught from by Peter and our Messiah, this great text was preserved for the end times generation, a guidebook for those coming out of Mystery Babylon, coming out of Egypt and her ways into the true service of our Elohim. Join us as we read through and study this amazing gift, line by line. Shabbat shalom, and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. Welcome back to the Book of Enoch study. It's been a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe five weeks. I'm not sure. Uh, I apologize for the delay for those of you that uh, have been uh, excited to continue the study. Um, We had Passover. We had some studies that uh, I felt led to share before we get to Passover. Um, Passover was amazing. Um, It was just... We did like 10 days camping out in Lebanon, Missouri, and uh, it was just a wonderful experience. But glad to be back and glad to get back on topic here. This is part 16 of our Enoch study. We're going to be getting into the Book of Noah. And if you're not familiar, the Book of Enoch is actually many books compiled into one volume called the Book of Enoch. And within this book is a book called the Book of Noah. And we touched on a few verses of it last week. Part fifteen, which was maybe five weeks ago, uh, and now we're going to be getting into the rest of the book of Noah, which again is just another prophetic book that was included into this volume known as the Book of Enoch. So, before we get started, uh, let's get started with prayer, and we'll get right into it. So, Heavenly Father, Most High, we come before you and bless you in Yehusha's name. Thank you, Father, for pulling us out of the world, showing us the truth of your Son, and how we are to delight in walking in your way father and we just ask that these scriptures we read tonight would be a blessing to anyone that may hear that we all may become hearers and doers of your word in messiah hush's name we pray amen hallelujah so tonight we're gonna be talking about a couple things within the book of noah uh, behemoth leviathan the hollywood agenda behind those things we're gonna be talking about uh, Revelation 11, measuring the temple, which we'll see in Enoch uh, 61 or 62 here in just a minute. We'll be talking about the garments of glory, the garments that those who have faith and obedience will receive, and the garments that will never fade away, uh, and just a lot of things in between. So, lot to discuss. Let's get started with the Shofar. Shukbar. All right, so here we are at Enoch chapter 60. We're actually at verse 7, but I'm just going to recap the verses that we read in part 15, and then we'll catch back up to verse 7. So Enoch 60, again, this is the book of Noah, a fragment thereof. In the year 500, in the seventh month, on the 14th day of the month in the life of Enoch, probably should be Noah, in that parable, I saw how a mighty quaking made the heaven of heavens to quake, and the host of the Most High, and the angels, and a thousand thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. We discussed that, and uh, how that related to the Book of Daniel, chapter seven, and Revelation four and five. Were disquieted with a great disquiet, and the head of days sat on the throne of his glory, and the angels and the righteous stood around him. And a great trembling seized me, and fear took hold of me, and my loins gave way, and dissolved were my reins, and I fell upon my face. And Michael sent another angel from among the holy ones, and he raised me up, and when he had raised up my spirit returned, for I had not been able to endure the look of this host, and the commotion and the quaking of the heaven. And Michael said unto me, Why are you disquieted with such a vision? Until this day lasted the day of his mercy. So basically the most high has been merciful to anyone that'll turn and repent back to him, and then there's just a day where that just door closes. And he has been merciful and long-suffering toward those who dwell on the earth. And when the day and the power and the punishment and the judgment come, which Yahuwah Sabaoth has prepared for those who worship not the righteous law, known as Torah, and for those who deny the righteous judgment and for those who take his name in vain, that day is prepared. For the elect, a covenant, but for the sinners, an inquisition. So we've been talking a lot about the book of Enoch makes a clear distinction that the end times tribulation, the worst time this world is ever going to see, is not for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. When the punishment of Yahuwah Sabaoth shall rest upon them, it shall rest in order that the punishment of Yahuwah Sabaoth may not come in vain, and it shall slay the children with their mothers and the children with their fathers. Afterward, the judgment shall take place according to his mercy and his patience. So his law is righteous, truly, is true, is holy, and it's without partiality. Old, young, whatever. For those that do not repent and turn to his ways. So now here we are, this is for part 16, verse 7. This is where we ended uh, many weeks ago, and here we are starting at verse 7. And on that day where two monsters parted, a female monster named Leviathan to dwell in the abysses of the ocean over the fountains of water. So Leviathan dwelling in the seas. Verse 8, but the male is named Behemoth, who occupied with his Breast a waste wilderness named Dudain, on the east of the garden where the elect and righteous dwell, where my grandfather was taken up, the seventh from Adam, the first man whom Yahweh Sabaoth created. So uh, we're going to talk about Leviathan and Behemoth here in just a moment. Um, it'll kind of circle back. Here we are, and I besought the other angel that he should show me the might of those monsters, how they were parted on one day, and cast the one in the abysses of the sea, and the other into the dry land of the wilderness. There's a lot of so it's pretty easy to to recognize that Leviathan has her portion in the sea. Now, where the exact area of land where Behemoth lives right now, that's up for speculation. Some people would even say the center of the earth, where um, it's basically off limits. Um, But it's for another time. And he said to me, "You, son of man, herein you do seek to know what is hidden." And the other angel who went with me and showed me what is hidden told me what is first and last in the heaven, in the height, and beneath the earth, in the depth, and at the ends of the heaven, and on the foundation of the heaven, and the chambers of the winds, and how the winds are divided, and how they are weighed, and how the portals of the winds are reckoned, each according to the power of the wind, and the power of the lights of the moon, according to the power that is fitting. We talked a lot about this. I can't remember what part it was where we talked about the... um, the four winds one of the portions we did was the four winds of revelation and we talked very much in depth about this so if you want a further explanation of this portion we're reading about the winds uh, please see that uh, the portion. It should be in the playlist section of uh, the Book of Enoch series that we've been doing. This is probably a couple months ago now. We did the, the Four Winds of Revelation, Book of Enoch. And the divisions of the stars according to their names, and how all the divisions are divided, and the thunders according to the places where they fall, and all the divisions that are made among the lightnings that it may lighten, and their hosts that they may once at once obey. For the thunder has places of rest which are assigned to it, while it is waiting for its peal. And the thunder and lightning are inseparable, and although not one and undivided, they both go together through the Spirit and separate not. For when the lightning lightens, the thunder utters its voice, and the Spirit enforces a pause during the peal and divides equally between them, for the treasury of their peals is like the sand, which is innumerable. And each one of them, as it peals, is held in with a bridle and turned back by the power of the Spirit. And push forward according to the many quarters of the earth. So uh, we again we talked greatly in depth about this with the the four winds study we did on Book of Enoch. But just to recap, you know every single portion of creation has its its obviously its origin with the Father and through His Son Yahusha, through who created all things. But everything was carefully mapped out, and it's just. We we can't stress this enough because it's completely the opposite of what the world teaches. That this Earth was formed through billions of years by chance, by uh, explosion of the Big Bang, and all these other things that are that completely take away from the real story. That our our Father and His Son they sat down and they mapped everything out, including thunder and lightning, which boy we had quite the uh, thunderstorm last night. <clears throat> I mean, it's just so loud. And it's just so... Just the depth of, of the power that our Father and, and His Son have is just amazing. And when you, we looked at the, the four winds, how everything is just mapped out. The the clouds, the movement of the clouds, the, the rain, the dew, the mist, um, the winds, how they move, everything. Everything is just all in its order. However, in the end times... I think i think the the study we did was four winds and uh climate change because it's very clear also in this book <clears throat> and in the book of revelation when you really get down to it is the order of creation is disrupted and everything is out of order and you have droughts you have famines you have plagues you have all these different things that when the perfect order that our father has set is disrupted everything is in chaos and turmoil and it's gonna be the worst time ever So this this passage here is just continuing to glorify our Father and the creation he made. And the spirit of the sea is masculine and strong, and according to the might of his strength, he draws it back with a rain. And in like manner, it is driven forward and disperses amid all the mountains of the earth. And the spirit of the hoarfrost is his own angel, and the spirit of the hail is a good angel. And the spirit of the snow has forsaken his chambers on account of his strength. There is a special spirit therein, and that which ascends from it is like smoke, and its name is Frost. So everything, hail, uh, snow, everything has its order, and the Most High ordains angels to oversee everything. And the spirit of the mist is not united with them in their chambers, but it has a special chamber, for its course is glorious, both in light and in darkness, and in winter and in summer, and in its chambers is an angel. And the spirit of the dew has its dwelling at the ends of the heaven, and is connected with the chambers of the rain. And its course is in winter and summer, and its clouds and the clouds of the mist are connected, and the one gives to the other. And when the spirit of the rain goes forth from its chamber, the angels come and open the chamber and lead it out. And when it is diffused over the whole earth, it unites with the water on the earth. And whensoever it unites with the water on the earth for the waters are for those who dwell on the earth for they are nourishment for the earth from the most high who is in heaven therefore there is a measure for the rain and the angels take it in charge and these things i saw towards the garden of the righteous and the angel who was with me said now here's where it goes back to leviathan and behemoth these two monsters prepared conformably to the greatness of elohim shall feed now let's read a little bit about the greatness of these animals We're going to take a look at the book of Job. And this is where, you know, Job's been like, you know, answer me, answer me. And finally, the Most High is like, all right, I'm going to answer you. Uh, So, Job 40, verse 15, 41 through 34. So, we're going to read a little bit about Behemoth. Behold now, Behemoth, which I made with you, he eats grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins and his fourth force is in the navel of his belly he moves his tail like a cedar so his tail is like a cedar tree and if you haven't seen how tall and how big and how strong cedar trees are so we're talking like massive size massive his sinews of his stones are wrapped together his bones are as strong pieces of brass so Think about our bones, right? And think about how strong brass is. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of Elohim. So uh, I've actually, I I stand corrected. I've said before that man is the pinnacle of his creation. Um, The book of Job says that the statement I made is wrong. Uh, As far as creations here on earth, it says here he is the chief of the ways of Elohim. So that behemoth is the pinnacle as far as like strength and just might he that made him can make his sword to approach unto him so only right only the father and his son Yehusha, the creator are the only ones that can like do anything to this thing surely the mountains bring him forth food where all the beasts of the field play he lies under the shady trees in the covert of the reed and fens the shady trees cover him with their shadows the willows of the brook compass him about Behold he drinks up a river and hasteth not. He trusts that he can draw up the Jordan into his mouth. He takes it with his eyes, his nose pierces through snares. Chapter forty one Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook, or his tongue with a cord which you let down? Can you can you put a hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a thorn? He will make many many supplications unto you. Will he speak soft words unto you? Will he make a covenant with you? Will you take him for a servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you bind him for your maidens? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with barbed irons? Or his head with fish spears? Lay your hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? None is so fierce that dare stir him up. Who then is able to stand before me? Who has prevented me that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. Who can discover the face of his garment, or who can come to him with his double bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. So this is like, you know, his scales is like really like, like just armor. Like just, I mean, just impenetrable armor. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they cannot be sundered. By his a light the shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps and sparks of fire leap out. So literally like a fire-breathing dragon. Out of his nostril goes smoke. Out of a seething pot or a cauldron, his breath kindles coals. And a flame goes out of his mouth in his neck remains strength and sorrow is turned into joy before him the flakes of his flesh are joined together they are firm in themselves they cannot be moved his heart is as firm as stone yea as hard as a piece of the nether millstone when he raises himself up the mighty are afraid by reason of the breakings they purify themselves the sword of him that lay, layeth at him cannot hold the spear the dart nor the havergen he esteems iron as straw I'm just going to pull something up real quick He esteems iron as straw and brass as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laughs at the shaking of a spear. Sharp stones are under him. He spreads sharp pointed things upon the mire. He makes the deep to boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. He makes a path to shine after him. One would think the deep to be hoary. Upon the earth there is none not like his. Who is made without fear? He beholds all high things. He is king over all the children of pride. So, if you haven't watched it, we did a video—I guess a couple months ago now—about the Hollywood agenda, about why you know their agenda about aliens and why they just keep pushing this uh, uh, propaganda about aliens appearing and making war with the Earth and the Earth having to unite together to fight against the aliens. Well. In another sense, I think that's another reason why the propaganda behind films like, well, Godzilla, and I think maybe Pacific Rim, and, um, what was some of the other movies? Um, Cloverfield, maybe? Um, I don't know. Um, there's these movies with these gigantic creatures coming, and, um, you know, the typically the, the, uh, or like even King Kong, where these are just massive creatures come out of nowhere and start devastating. And like you have like the people band together, unite, and somehow they're able to subdue or take down the, the creature. Well, the word says that's going to be impossible. I believe that, you know, this creature, whether this right here is, uh, this is probably more of a uh, portrayal of um, Behemoth leviathan is more like a sea dragon type of creature it says it has scales it, says it has fins which is interesting because the description of both behemoth and leviathan um would lend credibility to them being clean animals it said earlier that behemoth eats grass like an ox uh well if it eats grass like an ox then it chews the cud more than likely um it also says that leviathan has fins and scales which are the two requirements for water creatures to be edible um which is kind of interesting because we're actually going to read a passage here. Uh, where is it in Second Baruch? Uh, Second Baruch um, twenty nine. Bear with me as I scroll here. It says something interesting about Behemoth and Leviathan. So oh, sorry, twenty nine. Okay so chapter 29 have second baruch and he answered and said to me whatsoever will then befall will befall the whole earth. So this is talking about the end times tribulation. So he, he was asking Baruch was asking in the previous chapter, "Hey, when all these when the end times tribulation happens, the, the big one, is it going to happen just in a certain part of the the world or is it going to happen everywhere?" So here he answers, "It will befall the whole earth. The whole earth is going to experience this. No one is not going to experience this. Therefore, all who live will experience them. For at that time, I will protect only those who are found in those selfsame days in this land. So that's why I believe he's going to gather his people together into the land, and then all this stuff happens. And it shall come to pass when all is accomplished that was to come to pass in those parts that Hamashiach, the Messiah, shall be then begin to be revealed." And, listen to this, and behemoth shall be revealed from his place, and Leviathan shall ascend from the sea, those two great monsters which I created on the fifth day of creation, and shall have kept until that time, and then they shall be for food for all that are left. So you can look at that two ways. Uh, Number one, I think they're literally going to destroy a bunch of people. Um, But in another passage, I think it's in, um, oh... Is it maybe Isaiah twenty-seven, where it, uh, the Mosai talks about uh, slaying the dragon? Um, it's also very possible that Behemoth and Leviathan can be for food for the remnant of the people. Um, just kind of what it says. However, I think what it says here is is this time of trouble, and that's when this that's basically when this time of trouble is uh, it happens, and then Yah's people are protected. Messiah is revealed. It says that Behemoth and Leviathan come out and I believe they're going to come out to do this kind of stuff that you see in these movies, which is to pillage, destroy, part of just terrorizing the creation. I mean, cuz think about it. If like there's famine, there's hunger, there's pestilence, there's war, and in the midst of all this there's earthquakes and and then there's monsters like this that go around just destroying. I mean, that's literally like the most scary time I can ever think of. And it just goes along with uh, the narrative of it just being the worst time ever so any case a um, couple of things let's see in 2 Esdras there's this little passage of uh, Behemoth and Leviathan 2 Esdras six forty nine through 52 then you did keep in existence two living creatures the name of the one you did call Behemoth and the name of the other Leviathan and you did separate one from the other for the seventh part where the water had been gathered together could not hold them both and you did give Behemoth one of the parts which had been dried up on the third day to live in it and where there are a thousand mountains But to Leviathan, you did give the seventh part, the watery part, and you have kept them to be eaten by whom you will and when you will. So there there is that kind of verse again. You have kept them to be eaten by whom you will and when you will. So um, literally, they're going to be food for some people. And considering that there's evidence that shows they're clean animals, it literally could just be like the biggest barbecue ever. I know that sounds kind of crazy. But it's two witnesses saying that people are going to eat them, um, Behemoth and Leviathan. So, I don't know. But I think before that happens, they are going to be terrorizing. Just kind of how I understand it this time. So, in any case, uh, little little tidbits about Behemoth Leviathan. Kind of interesting. Um, so, let's go to now to Enoch 61. And we'll get into some Book of Revelation end time stuff. Chapter 61 And I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels, and they took to themselves wings and flew, and they went toward the north. And I asked the angel, saying unto him, Why have those angels taken these cords and gone off? And he said unto me, They have gone to measure. And the angel who went with me said unto me, These shall bring the measures of the righteous, and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous they may stay themselves on the name of Yahweh forever and ever. So here we have an almost identical passage in the book of Revelation. Let's read about it. And here it says, uh, Revelation 11, 1-2, And there was given to me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of Elohim, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, the nations, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. So again, you have this passage where they're given the reed or a cord to measure. And what are they measuring? The temple. And what are they measuring here? And these shall these shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous. That they may stay themselves on the name of Yahweh Sabaoth. And how can we make this connection? Well, we know a couple things. Revelation 3. Uh, really just reading the last passage. But because this is such a good passage, we're going to read the whole thing. Revelation 3, 7 through 12, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For you have a little strength, and has kept my word, and has not denied my name. So even if you are out there, and you are feeling like you have very little strength, and, and that you're just being tested here and there, and um, you're barely, barely making it through, just persevere. Right. For you have had little strength. So even if it feels like that, like you have little strength, but you still you're keeping his word and not denying his name. So no matter what you're going through, right, don't give up. I believe this is speaking really to um, through the ages, but really in these last days. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are, are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Why all this? Because you have kept the word of my patience. And we know that when we come to Messiah and we come to the truth, the red carpet isn't just rolled out for us. Matter of fact, things typically get harder. There's a few of you I've spoken to, they're like, eh, life's good. Hey, praise you. But for the majority of people, things get tougher, especially with families, jobs, finances. Um even sometimes health, people's health uh, is, is tested. I know a sister right now who is just so amazing in faith and belief, and she's being tested, you know, with a very aggressive cancer. <clears throat> Anyways, my point is, is that no matter what, regardless of how hard it gets or has gotten, we are keeping the word of his patients. Right, and he says, "I will also keep you from the hour of temptation." Look at this Greek word; it can mean trial or testing, which shall come upon the, all the world, or even tribulation, to try them that dwell upon the earth. This is the great tribulation, and so the people that endure, and are are, that are molding their lives to fit the word right now. When eh, there's some tough things out there, but right now, in the in the in the the overall scope of things, we ain't seen nothing yet. But the people that are doing it now, when it's really optional, because right now I say optional in the fact that, well, you can just do it, do what you want. If you want to follow him, you can follow him. If you don't want to follow him, don't follow him, right? But the people that are choosing to do it now and that are hearing the call and molding their lives now to, to, to be a life that fits what the Scriptures tells us to do, they will be kept from the hour of trial, temptation, tribulation. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man take your crown. Now here, this is I read all that through this. So we're talking about the angels going off to measure the temple. Um, and then in the book of Enoch, it talks about how they're measuring people and how that works. Hinda overcomes while well, I make a pillar in the temple of my Elohim. So literally a building block, a building block in the temple so you're part of it and he shall go no more out and I'll write upon him the name of my Elohim and the name of the city of my Elohim which is New Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my Elohim and I'll write upon him my new name so remember the 144,000 right uh, they had their name they had the hand name of Elohim in their forehead right it's the people that overcomes it's the people that kept the word of patience even in the midst of trials especially in the midst of trials and though they had a little strength they kept his word but they're literally part of the temple. So it says, right, these measures are measuring the people. And these measures are measuring the temple of Elohim and the altar, right? Revelation 21, 14 through 17. And the wall of the city, this is New Jerusalem, had 12 foundations and then them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the apostles are literally part of the foundation stones, right? And we know that Messiah is the chief cornerstone. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And we're already seeing that people are a part of that wall of the foundation. And the city lies four square and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. Either be a, It's either going to be a big square, uh, a pyramid, or a big circular dome. They all will fit this four square uh, the length, width, and height being equal and he measured the wall thereof and 144 cubits according to the measure of a man that is of the angel, now this is a very interesting passage, you know, this is basically saying uh, how I'm reading it and this, is my, this is my understanding at this time uh, my opinion at this time and he measured the wall, so we know the wall has foundations of the apostles, we know uh, we'll read it somewhere where is it, somewhere here here, First Peter uh, two five. You also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house, right? So we're literally building blocks. And it says the wall is hundred and forty four cubits. Is it just random that's a one hundred and forty four? Maybe. But it says according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. Is this the measure of a of the a man in his angelic state, the the glorified state? Maybe. Maybe. Isaiah 49, 18, this is talking all about New Jerusalem. This is is the Most High talking to New Jerusalem. Lift up your eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to you. As I live, says Yahuwah, you shall surely clothe you with them all, and as with an ornament, and bind them on you as a bride does. So this is literally the people being gathered to New Jerusalem, literally become part of New Jerusalem, just like we saw in Revelation 3. I'm going to make you a pillar in the temple of my Elohim. Ephesians 2, 20-22 and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets which we just read in Revelation 21 and Yahushua HaMashiach himself being the chief cornerstone the most important one and whom all the building fitly framed together grows into a holy temple in Yahweh so even though the scripture that says that we are the temple I think in a greater sense we are all just building blocks of a greater temple and whom you are also built together for inhabitation of Elohim through the spirit so literally New Jerusalem is the temple we're the temple, we're literally part of New Jerusalem. That's why there's that interesting um, discussion, debate even, you know, the bride. Is the bride New Jerusalem? Is the bride the people? I just say yes. Because I think the bride is New Jerusalem, but we're literally part of New Jerusalem, so we're also the bride. So I I, I don't I don't I don't think either side is right on that. I think it's both, in my opinion. I open to being wrong so we read this before 1st Peter 2 5 you also as living stones lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Elohim by Yahusha HaMashiach um, there's a passage in a book called The Shepherd of Hermas I share this um, well I share this knowing that this book let me pull it up real quick Um, this book I think is a legitimate book but I believe it has been tampered with um, by the Catholic Church there's definitely some Catholic um, influence here however um, I think sometimes we can still glean some things from a true book Um, let me just read this part It, it, it goes along with What we're talking is page, oh, page 4. I want to read this to you. It's really interesting. We're going to read, let's see, Shepherd of Hermas, Vision 3, 17 through 20. Okay. Okay. I don't know if you guys can see this very well. Let me see. Oof, it's like tiny. Let me see if I can zoom in any more for you. Without it falling off the page. Let's see. it's not going to get much better than that. So I'll, I'll just read it. I'll uh, try to leave a, remember to leave a link so you guys can read for yourself. But this is, um, Hermes is getting a vision of New Jerusalem being built up. It's called a tower. In this book, it's called the tower. The, the tower of the building. And it talks about the individual stones. So if we know that, uh, Peter says that we are living stones to be built up a spiritual house, well, this book tells us that there's different kinds of stones. Just like there's the seed is planted in different um, types of ground, and some are fruitful, and some are not. And well, here in this book, it tells us that people can become different types of stones, and not all stones are able to be used into the building. Shepherd Hermes, uh, here now concerning the stones that go into the building, the stones that are squared and white. And that fit together in their joints, these are the apostles and bishops and teachers and deacons who walked after the holiness of Elohim and exercised their office of bishop and teacher and deacon in purity and sanctity for the elect of Elohim, some of them already fallen asleep and others still living. And because they always agreed with one another, they both had peace among themselves and listened to one another. Therefore their joinings fit together in the building of the tower. But they that are dragged from the deep and placed in the building and that fit together in their joinings with the other stones that are already built in, who are they? These are they that suffered for the name of Yahuwah. But the other stones that are brought from the dry land, I would fain to know who these are. She said, those that go to the building and are yet, I'm sorry, and are not, and yet are not hewn, these Yahweh has approved because they walked in the uprightness of Yahweh, and rightly performed his commandments. But they that are brought in place in the building, who are they? They are the young in faith and faithful, but they are warned by the angels to do good because wickedness was found in them. But those whom they rejected and threw away, who are they? These have sinned and desire to repent. Therefore they were not cast to a great distance from the tower because they will be useful for the building if they repent. Then, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, they then that shall repent, if they repent, will be strong in the faith, if they repent now while the tower is in building. But if the building shall be finished, and they have no more any place, but shall be castaways. So there's a time where, like we said earlier in Enoch, that his mercy ends. There is a time where that ends. But would you know about them that are broken in pieces and cast away far from the tower, these are the sons of wickedness which was absent from them therefore they have not salvation for they are not useful in the building by reason of their wickedness therefore were they broken up and thrown far away by reason of the wrath of Yahuwah for they excited him to wrath but the rest whom you have seen lying in great numbers not going to the building of these they are mildewed and they they knew that they are they that knew the truth But did not abide in it nor cleave to the saints which is really interesting because last week it's Torah portion we talked about the portion Leviticus 14 where buildings that had mildew were actually mold and how they dealt with it they took the stones and they threw out the bad stones and they scraped the other ones uh, and then they put new stones in really interesting connection with everything we're talking about here verse 19 but they that have the cracks who are they these are they that are peace among themselves who have an appearance of peace but when they depart from one another their wickedness abides in their hearts. so they <clears throat> appear to have peace face to face but when they're not around each other they, they don't have peace with each other these are the cracks which the stones have but they that are broken off short these have believed and have their greater part in righteousness but some have but have some parts of lawlessness but the white and round stones which did not fit into the building who are they she answered and said to me, how understand you nothing. These are they that have faith but have also riches of this world. When tribulation comes they deny their master by reason of their riches and their business affairs. And I not and I don't think this is saying that, you know, you can't have money, but this is just like the rich young ruler that the money became a stumbling block in their walk. And I answered and said to her, when, when then lady will they be useful in the building? when she replied their wealth which leads their souls astray shall be cut away then will they be useful for elohim for just as the round stone useless it will be cut away and lose some portion of itself cannot become square so also they that are rich in this world unless their riches be cut away cannot become useful to yahuwah learn first from yourself when you had riches you were useless but now you are useful and profitable unto life But the other stones, which you did saw, cast far away from the tower, and falling into the way, and rolling out of the way, into, into, I'm sorry, rolling out of the way into believed, but by reason of their double heart, they abandon the true way, thus thinking that they can find a better way. They go astray, and are sore distressed, as they walk about in the regions where there is no way, but they that fall into the fire, and are burned, these are they that finally rebelled from the living Elohim. And it no more entered into their hearts to repent by reason of the lusts of their wantonness and of the wickedness which they wrought. But the others which fall near the waters and yet cannot roll into the water, would you know who they are? These are they that heard the word and would be baptized into the name of the Master. Then, when they call to their remembrance the purity of the truth, they change their minds and go back again after their evil desires. So she finished the explanation of the tower. Anyways, there's still more to it. <clears throat> it's interesting reading. read. And let me just clarify what I said about this book. Uh, this book actually was very close to being canonized. Um, it just didn't make the final cut. Uh, first and second century believers believed that this was a true book. Um, taking true books and ha- adding Catholic doctrine to it is not a new thing. There's a, a historian named Eusebius who said that the, that the, that Rome was basically, basically taking... Um, True books and just adding their own doctrine, just peppering it in, just a little verse here, a little verse there. Um, so, anyways, I, I just, I just wanted to share this book with caution. There's a lot of great things to glean from this book, there, but if you know your scriptures and you're well grounded in the truth, you'll notice when when uh, some things will pop its set up. So, um, this is not a book I would recommend you to read if you're not fully uh, grounded in in the truth. Uh, and be able to spot when something is off. So, But I wanted to share that portion because it just talks about, well, if we want to get into the building, right, this isn't some sugar-coated uh, message that is preached all through the world that you just believe in the historical figure of Messiah that he gave his life, and then, then that's it. And then you just walk according to the stubbornness of your heart. And some will say, well, that's not, you know, you you. You've got to, you know, well, not murder and, and not do adultery, which, are, which are, are definite things that we're supposed to be staying away from. However, there's so much more to the story, which is to walk in all of his commandments, right? Loving, the, loving him and loving people with all of our heart. But then you ask yourself, well, how do you do that? That's what the Ten Commandments explain how to do that. And then the rest of the Torah and really all through the prophets tell us exactly how to do that and what we're supposed to do. And if you haven't been studying the righteous law, as we read in Enoch earlier, well, I would encourage you now is the time to do it. Because like this book says, you know, if you repent and you change while the tower is or the building, the New Jerusalem is still being built, there's time. But if you wait until after it's built, you're not going to be one of the stones in there. And I don't know about you, but I, wanna, I really would like to be a stone in that building. That is a life goal of mine and if that sounds silly to you then you know so be it but if you're like you know what i want to well let's continue on let's continue on uh i think i actually have another little snippet here 23 5 i don't remember what this was about 23 5 now then hear me and be at peace among yourselves and have regard one to another and assist one another and do not partake of the creatures of Elohim alone in abundance, but share them also with those that are in want. For some men, through their much eating, bring weakness on the flesh, so overeating, and injure their flesh. Whereas the flesh of those who have nothing to eat is injured by their not having sufficient nourishment, and their body is ruined. This exclusiveness, exclusiveness therefore, is hurtful to you that have, that have and do not share with them that are in want. Look ye to the judgment that comes." Ye then that have more than enough, seek out them that are hungry, while a tower is still unfinished. For after the tower is finished, you will desire to do good, and will find no place for it. Look ye therefore that ye exult in your wealth. So, so or the Great Commission, right? Preaching the good news, but you know, taking care of those who are in need: the old, the young, the widow, the orphan, the poor, the blind, the hungry. So it says here, and the angel who went with me, this is back to Enoch 61, said unto me, These shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous. They may stay themselves on the name of Yahweh Sabbath forever and ever. I believe there's a passage in the book of Isaiah that actually explains what it says, where it says, These shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous. Uh, There's an interesting passage here in Isaiah 66. Which I think this may have something to do with Isaiah 66, 19. And I will set a sign among them, and I will send those that escape of them unto the nations. So there's a group of people that's going to escape, and they're going to be sent back out to the nations, to Tarshish, to Pool, and Lud, that draw the bow, to Debal, and Javan, and the Isles afar of off, that have not heard my fame, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the nations. And they shall bring, so this group that escapes is then going to bring others. So and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous. They may bring all your brethren for an offering unto Yahuwah. of all the nations upon horses and in chariots. And in litters and upon mules upon swift beasts. To my holy mountain in Yerushalayim. saith Yahuwah as the children of Israel bring an offering. And a clean vessel into the house of Yahuwah. And I'll also take for them for priests and Levites. Says Yahuwah. Also in 2 Ezra, there's an interesting little passage. 2 Ezra 13. And after seven days, I dreamed a dream of the night, and behold, a wind arose from the sea and stirred up all its waves. And I looked, and behold, this wind made something like the figure of a man come up out of the heart of the sea. And I looked, and behold, that man flew with the clouds of heaven, and wherever he turned his face to look, everything under his gaze trembled. And whenever his voice issued from his mouth, all who heard his voice melted as wax melts when it feels the fire. After this, I looked, and behold, an innumerable multitude of men were gathered together from the four winds of heaven to make war against the man who came up out of the sea. And this book later on tells us that this is just a parable. Messiah doesn't literally come out of the sea. He comes down from heaven, but this is just a parable um, that we learn a bit later. And I looked, and behold, he carved out for himself a great mountain, New Jerusalem, and flew upon it. And I tried to see the region the place from which the mountain was carved, but I could not, because it was cut without human hands, as we learn in the book of Daniel, chapter 2. After this I looked and behold all who had gathered together against him to wage war with him were much afraid yet dared to fight and behold when he saw the onrush of the approaching multitude he neither lifted up his hand nor held a spear or any weapon of war but I saw only how he sent forth from his mouth as it were a stream of fire and from his lips a flaming breath and from his tongue he shot forth a storm of sparks almost sounds like that leviathan behemoth stuff all these were mingled together the stream of fire and the flaming breath and the great storm fell on the onrushing multitude which was prepared to fight and when burned them all up so that suddenly nothing was seen of the innumerable multitude but only the dust of ashes and the smell of smoke and when i saw it i was amazed and after this i saw the same man come down from the mountain and called to him another multitude which was peaceable which we're going to read about that multitude And as for this is verse 39, and as for seeing him gather to himself another multitude that was peaceable, these are the ten tribes which were led away from their own land into captivity in the days of King Hoshea, whom Shalmaneser, the king of the Assyrians, led captive. He took them across the river, and they were taken into another land. But they formed this plan for themselves that they would leave the multitude of the nations and go to a more distant region where mankind had never lived, that there at least they might keep their statutes which they had not kept in their own land. I believe this is America, but a lot of people disagree with me. Just my opinion. And they went in by the narrow passages of the Euphrates rivers. For at that time the Most High performed signs for them and stopped the channels of the river until they had passed over. Through that region there was a long way to go, a journey of a year and a half, and that country is called Arzareth. Then they dwelt there until the last times, and now when they are about to come again, the Most High will stop the channels of the river again, that they may be able to pass over. Therefore you saw the multitude gathered together in peace, but those who are left of your people who are found within my holy borders shall be saved. Therefore, when he destroys the multitude of the nations that are gathered together, he will defend the people who remain, and then it will show them very many wonders. So, all right, a little uh, little off topic, but kind of on topic. So, it also says here, <clears throat> um, I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels, and they took to themselves wings and flew, and they went towards the north. So, um I'm going to read you a little passage from Enoch chapter 70, but I'm going to read it from a different version. This version um, combines the Greek and the Ethiopic text together, uh, and I think the Syriac, but there's one difference in the Ethiopic-only translation of Enoch 24. Actually, so I want to read Enoch 70 here, and then Enoch 24. Yeah, here we go. So it says here, I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels and how they took to themselves wings and flew and they went towards the north. And this is where they shall bring in the ropes to the righteous, to the righteous. And it kind of tells you why it's the north. Chapter 70. And it came to pass after this, that his name during his lifetime was raised aloft to that son of man, this is our Messiah, and to Yahuwah Sebo from amongst those who dwell on the earth. And he was raised aloft on the chariots of the spirit and his name vanished among them and from that day i was no longer numbered amongst them and he set me between the two winds between the north and the west where the angels took the cords to measure for me that place for the elect and the righteous and there i saw the first fathers and the righteous who from the beginning dwell in that place so this is literally where the kingdom is going to be now in chapter 24 i'm not going to have it on the screen it's just on my little notepad here um in Enoch 24, the Ethiopian text, verse 9, it says, And that tree of an agreeable smell, not one of carnal odor, there shall be no power to touch until the period of the great judgment. This is obviously the tree of life. When all shall be punished and consumed forever, this shall be bestowed on the righteous and the humble. The fruit of the tree shall be given to the elect, for toward the north, Life shall be planted in the holy place toward the habitation of the everlasting king. And this is so this is why uh, it's in the north. Now let's move on with Enoch 61, verses 4 through 6. The elect shall begin to dwell with the elect, and those are the measures which shall be given to faith and which shall strengthen the righteous. Strengthen righteousness. And these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth, and those who have been destroyed by the desert and those who have been devoured by the beasts and those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea that they may return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one for none shall be destroyed before Yahweh Sabaoth and none can be destroyed and all who dwell above in the heaven receive a command and power and one voice and one light like unto fire pretty cool passage right the elect shall begin to dwell with the elect and this is obviously the resurrection those who have been destroyed by the desert, those who have been devoured by the beast, those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea, that they may return, so the resurrection, on the day of the elect one, so on his day, for none shall be destroyed, so once they're resurrected, they can't be destroyed ever again, none can be destroyed, and all who dwell above in the heaven receive a command and power, and one, and one voice like unto light, unto fire. So, just want to read a little bit about this, we read this uh, months ago, in Enoch 38 and 39, We'll just read it again the first parable when the congregation of the righteous shall appear so that's what this is all talking about um the congregation appearing and new jerusalem appearing kind of one and the same and sinners shall be judged for their sins so this is the great tribulation and shall be driven from the face of the earth or that land and when the righteous one shall appear before the eyes of the righteous whose elect works hang upon yahweh sabaot and light shall appear to the righteous and the elect who dwell on the earth where then will be the dwelling of the sinners? And where the resting place of those who have denied Yahuwah about? It had been good for them if they had not been born. It's tough. When the secrets of the righteous shall be revealed and the sinners judged and the godless driven from the presence of the righteous and the elect, from that time those that possess the earth shall no longer be powerful and exalted. So this is that time. There's a day of separation when Yahushua comes back. The resurrection, resurrection happens. The congregation of the righteous appears. New Jerusalem is there you know, the the Bill Gates and all these different people that we're ever being stressed about right now, gone. Gone for them in a second. So even though that looks like their plans are going to destroy everybody and take over the world, it doesn't matter because those plans are going to be stopped short. The Most High put those plans in our mind, Revelation 7, 7, 17, 17, to do all these things, to bring us about to this time, and in a, in a moment, that's all going to be cut off. So where is your fear? Is your fear on Bill Gates of the world or is your fear on the Most High and being part of His kingdom and doing what's right in His sight? That's what really matters. And they shall not be able to behold the face of the Holy, for Yahweh Sabot has caused His light to appear on the face of the Holy and the righteous and the elect. Then shall the kings and the mighty perish and be given into the hands of the righteous and holy. And thenceforward, none shall seek for themselves mercy from Yahweh Sabot, for their life is at an end. We'll read 39 real quick. And it shall come to pass in those days that the elect and holy children will descend from the high heaven and their seed will become one with the children of men. So this is kind of what we're talking about here. Um, The elect shall begin to dwell with the elect. Right? And all who dwell above in the heaven receive a command and power and one voice, like one light, like unto fire. They'll become one with the children of men. In those days, Enoch received books. So basically, the angelic hosts... And all the cherubim and seraphim and open them in thrones and powers, they're all going to be coming together and they're going to be joining together with us. Well, I say us, people who will be found to be righteous. And I can't claim that. I i hope and pray to be among that number. All I can do is the best I can do. And that's all bit we can do and that we can do is to continue to seek him, seek his face daily, to daily die to the flesh and walk in his ways. That's all we can do, brothers and sisters. And in those days Enoch received books of zeal and wrath and books of disquiet and expulsion. And mercy shall not be accorded to them, saith Yahweh In those days a whirlwind carried me off from the earth and set me down at the end of the heavens. And there I saw another vision, the dwelling places of the holy and the resting places of the righteous. Here mine eyes saw their dwellings with his righteous angels and their resting places with the holy. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men and righteousness flowed before them as water and mercy like dew upon the earth. And thus it is amongst them forever and ever. And in that place. So this is New Jerusalem. The habitations inside of New Jerusalem. In that place mine eye saw the elect one of righteousness and of faith. Messiah. And I saw his dwelling place under the wings of Yahweh Sabaoth. And righteousness shall prevail in his days. And the righteous and elect shall be without number before him forever and ever. So even though we talked about the 144,000. There's also the great multitude that's with him. And all the righteous and elect before him shall be strong as fiery lights. Right? Right? And all who dwell above in heaven received a command and power and one voice and one light like unto fire. This is Enoch 61, verse 6. And all the righteous and elect before him shall be strong as fiery lights, and in their mouths shall be full of blessing. And their lips extol the name of Yahweh Sabaoth, and righteousness before him shall never fail. And uprightness shall never fail before him. There I wish to dwell, and my spirit long for that dwelling place. And there heretofore has been my portion for so it has been established concerning me before yahweh Sabot. in those days I praised and extol the name of yahweh Sabot with blessings and praises because he has destined me for blessings and glory according to the good pleasure of yahweh Sabot. for a long time my eyes regarded that place so this is Enoch talking man, he's seen everything hell heaven earth all the deep recesses of everything he's seen everything and this is the place right where he says for a long time my eyes regarded that place so he sat there and was like looking at it for a long time, and just like, yeah, this is it. And I blessed him and praised him, saying, Blessed is he, and may he be blessed from the beginning and forevermore. And before him there is no ceasing. He knows before the world was created what is forever and what will be from generation unto generation. Those who sleep bless sleep not bless you. They stand before your glory and bless and praise and extol, saying, Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh's abode. He fills the earth with spirits. And here my eyes saw all those who sleep not. They stand before him and bless and say, Blessed be you, and blessed be the name of Yahweh forever and ever. And my face was changed, for I no longer could behold. Mm. That's where we want to be. That's the place. This is what we're striving for. Uh, Enoch 61 7 through 13. And that one with their first words they blessed and extolled and lauded with wisdom and they were wise in utterance and in the spirit of life and Yahweh Sabaot placed the elect one on the throne of glory the elect one is Messiah right and he shall judge all the works of the holy above in heaven and in the balance shall their deeds be weighed and when he shall lift up his countenance to judge their secret ways according to the word of the name of Yahweh and their path according to the way of righteous judgment of Yahweh Sabaot then shall they all with one voice speak and bless and glorify and extol and sanctify the name of Yahweh and he will then summon all the hosts of the heavens and all the holy ones above the host of elohim the cherubim the seraphim the open all the angels of power and all the angels of principalities and the elect one and all the other powers on the earth and over the water on that day Shall raise one voice. So everything, all his being, his his righteous, his elect, all the angels, all the different classes of angels, on one day, shall raise one voice altogether and bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith, in the spirit of wisdom, in the spirit of patience, in the spirit of mercy, in the spirit of judgment, of peace, in the spirit of goodness. Shall all say with one voice, "Blessed is he," and may the name of Yahweh Sabaoth be blessed forever and ever who wants to take part in saying that together with all the angelic hosts i do let's give this walk everything we've got everything nothing wavering All who sleep not above in heaven shall bless him. All the holy ones who are in the heaven shall bless him. And all the elect who dwell in the garden of life. And every spirit of light who is able to bless and glorify and extol and hallow your blessed name. And all flesh shall beyond measure glorify and bless your name forever and ever. For great is the mercy of Yahuwah Sabaot. And he is long-suffering in all his works and all that he has created. He has revealed to the righteous and the elect in the name of Yahuwah Sabaot. Man, this one verse just summarizes everything that I've wanted to say in this uh, study. Let me read it again. For great is the mercy of Yahweh Now, I don't know about you, but the life I lived prior to him pulling me out of the world was detestable and deserving of death and to not to be in his kingdom and to not be counted amongst uh, those that will be amongst the living in, in Jeru- New Jerusalem. So, I don't know about you, but only through his mercy and the mercy of sending his son messiah Yahushua, can i even speak a word of his truth if anybody find if you find any wisdom in any study that this you know this study or any others if you find any shred of anything that does something to you well i can tell you all glory all praise to the most high because i don't even deserve to live but through his great mercy can i be here and share truth with you And he has long-suffering. I don't know about you, but can you imagine him seeing every moment of your life until that moment you know you were called into this walk? The true faith? It's embarrassing. Embarrassing. But he's long-suffering with us. So how much more should we be long-suffering with each other and merciful with each other in our weaknesses? And I'm talking to myself. We all have to work on this because how we treat each other... Oh, brothers and sisters, that is the biggest area of improvement because we can all not. I'm not. You know, I'm not diminishing the importance of things like the feast, you know, doing the feast days and the Shabbats, and uh, wearing the tzitzit and eating clean and all these different things. Not diminishing that. That's extremely important to our walk. But how do you treat others? That's really. I hate a cheesy term like that's where the rubber meets the road, but really, it is especially with all the disagreements on on various topics, can you still love your brother or your sister in the midst of that? Can you be long-suffering because he is long-suffering? Can you be merciful because he is merciful? And all his works and all that he has created, he has revealed to the righteous and the elect. That's a blessing. Because right now, I can tell you right now, (laughs) it's hard to get these videos uploaded because right now, uh, my camper is parked in the middle of nowhere but it's beautiful it's right next to a river it's out in the country it's so beautiful it's especially now springtime everything's blooming it's so beautiful and it's a blessing to know that our father through his son them too they created everything purposefully with their infinite wisdom and he's revealed that to us So, what did I want to write here? So, again, we see here that they all come together, right? All the powers, the principalities, the, the, the cherubims, the seraphims, the ophim they all come together and bless together. Revelation, oops, Revelation, what's going on here? Why is it doing that? Okay, Revelation 5, 11 through 14. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels make sure this is still showing. Okay. Many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times ten thousand, and thousands thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever. And the 4B said, Amen, and the 4 and 20 elders fell down and worship him that lives forever and ever. We uh, talked about this, uh, I can't remember which one. But it's very clear that people are in this scene. Where is it? Um, maybe I didn't mark out the right verses. and That's another reason why the internet is so slow out here. Right, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming the, proclaiming the loud voice, "Who is worthy to open the book and the, loose the seals thereof?" And no man in heaven—did oh, you catch that? What's what's men doing in heaven? Um, let's see. They sung a new song. Um, yeah, and it has made us unto our Elohim kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Well, who does that? Who reigns on the earth? And who are the kings and the priests? It's people, and they're in here in this throne room scene singing, singing this song. And with, like we said, we read in Enoch, with all the, the hosts of heaven. Right? He was some of the, ho- well, I'm sorry, the hosts of heavens, which, that's another one. The secret of the stars in the heavens. We That's another uh, one we did. Uh, spoiler alert. The, the stars of heaven are a parable for his righteous people. So he was some of the hosts of heaven and all the holy ones above and the host of Elohim and the cherubim, the seraphim, the open, all the different angel classes. Right? but here this passage right here is very specific and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousand thousand so there's two big major groups what are those daniel 7 9 through 10 i beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like the pure wool his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as a burning fire right and a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him Thousand thousands ministered unto him, which we know the angels are the ministering spirits, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Luke twenty one thirty six. Pray you always, therefore, that you may be worthy to escape all these things that are coming to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So you have ten thousand thousands ministering of angels ministered to him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. This is the opening of the books that we see in Revelations, uh, Revelation 6 uh, and so forth, as you're seeing. So, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I don't think there's any shame in wanting, having those kind of life goals. All right, chapter 62 of Enoch. And thus Yahweh commanded the kings and the mighty and exalted and those who dwell on the earth and said, open your eyes and lift up your horns if you're able to recognize the elect one. And Yahuwah seated him on the throne of his glory. This is the father seating his son on the throne of glory and the spirit of righteousness was poured out upon him and the word of his mouth slays all the sinners and all the unrighteous are destroyed from before his face and there shall stand up in that day all the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who hold the earth and they shall see and recognize how he sits on the throne of his glory and righteousness is judged before him and no lying word is spoken before him then shall pain come upon them as on a woman in travail this is that like the end times statement here pain shall come upon them unrighteous as on a woman in travail and as she has pain in bringing forth when her child enters the womb the mouth of the womb sorry and she has pain in bringing forth and one portion of them shall look on the other and they shall be terrified and they shall be downcast of countenance and pain shall seize them when they see that son of man sitting on the throne of his glory so pain for those who don't follow his ways let's take a look at some of these in the uh, writings of the prophets of this exact scene right here of when Yahusha is set on the seat of the throne of his glory Psalm 48 1-8 through 8, great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised in the city of our Elohim and the mountain of his holiness New Jerusalem beautiful for situation the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion not the current day state of Israel political state of Israel on the sides of the north we we're just talking about an Enoch right went to the north on this the city of the great king Elohim is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They sought. They so marveled, and they were troubled and hasted away. So they saw this massive city. And they're like, Fear took hold upon them, and pain as of a woman in travail. There is that key term. You break the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of Yahweh in the city of our Elohim, Elohim will establish it forever, Selah. Jeremiah 31 8, the word that came to Jeremiah from Yahweh saying, Thus speaks Yahweh, the Elohim of Israel, saying, Write the, all the words that I have spoken to you in a book. For lo, the days come, says Yahweh, that I will again bring the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, says Yahweh, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. So this is a gathering. Just like we are saying earlier, through Enoch, you have the gathering of the people, then this goes down. And these are the words which Yahuwah spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus says Yahuwah, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man does travail with child. So does a man give birth to a child? Like, ah! Wherefore, so why do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned to paleness? Alas! But that day is great, so there is none like it. It's the great tribulation. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day. So it's just like the time of trouble coming for Sodom and Gomorrah, but Lot was saved out of it. Kind of the same thing. For it shall come to pass in that day, says Yahushua, that I will break his yoke from off your neck. Whose yoke? The world, Egypt, Babylon, whoever, whoever has us captive right now. And will burst your bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. So, as I said before, we don't have to worry about the rulers of this world and their evil plans, because they're all going to be for naught. First Thessalonians 5, 1-5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of Yahuwah so comes as a thief in the night. Right? It'll come like that. They'll shake people up. For when they shall say peace and safety, which, what is the world preaching right now? then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child. So who does it come upon? They, them, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, is not they. You, brethren, are not in darkness that they should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. And we've discussed this many times. Uh, Proverbs uh, 6.23 says the Torah is light. So people that walk in the Torah, right, are not walking in darkness. The book of Isaiah Isaiah says those that go away from his judgments and his statutes are like those that grope for the walls um, like those walking in darkness. His word is a lamp to our feet. So verse So going back to Enoch 62, verse 5 specifically, it says, And one portion of them shall look on the other, and they shall be terrified. This is the people, like, gather around New Jerusalem, like we read in in 2 Ezra's earlier, that they're gathering to fight against them, and even though they're terrified, they still yet even dare to fight, and they're like, "Ah!" And one portion shall look on the other, and they shall be terrified. They shall be downcast of countenance, and pain shall seize them when they see that Son of Man sitting on the throne of His glory. So verse 5 specifically, let's read a little bit of Isaiah 13. Isaiah 13, 1 through 11. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos did see. Lift ye up a banner upon the high mountain. What do you think the high mountain is? That's his new Jerusalem. Exalt the voice unto them. Shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. It's almost like Isaiah 26. It talks about opening the gates that the righteous nation, righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. I have commanded my sanctified ones sanctified are the cleansed ones I have also called my mighty ones for my anger even them that rejoice in my highness the noise of a multitude in the mountains like as of a great people a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together yahweh about musters the host of the battle see he's gathering these people together for battle they come from a far country from the end of heaven even Yahuwah and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land which we see Are who? His sanctified ones, his mighty ones, for his anger. Howl ye, for the day of Yahweh is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint. Just like we saw, all hands on their stomach, like, "Ah, ah, And every man's heart shall melt, and they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them, and they shall be in pain as a woman that travails. There it is again. They shall be amazed at one another, and their faces shall be as flames. Right? so then pain shall come upon them as, as a woman travail they shall look one another they shall be terrified in countenance and pain shall seize them when they see that son of man sit on the throne of his glory right they shall be amazed at one another and their faces shall be as flames behold the day of yahweh comes cruel both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate what land do you think that is that's from another time and he shall destroy all the sinners thereof out of it when it talks about the land could either be talking about the whole earth or it could be talking about the Genesis 15 borders, the borders that he promised to uh, Abraham and his descendants to live there forever, which is currently being occupied by other people, sinful nations. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened and is going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity and will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible a rough day for some people and of course he talks about uh, where is it and Yahweh about seated him on the throne of his glory so seating Messiah on the throne of his glory it's coming probably a good time for a copper water break mm. get yourself one Psalm 2 go to amazon type in pure copper water cup psalm 2 why do the nations rage and the people murmur in vain they're like what is that what is that huge building the kings of the earth banned themselves and the princes uh, assembled together against yahuwah and against his messiah right so they're coming against him to battle and they say, let us break their bands and cast their cords from us. But he that dwells in the heaven shall laugh. Yahweh shall have them in derision. So we talked a lot about this in that alien agenda video. And why there's this big thing, massive thing that comes out of the sky, and all the nations come together and say, we can band together and we can do it. We can destroy this thing that's that's threatening our existence. Well, What do you think is going to happen when New Jerusalem comes down that big, big old city? People are like, oh. Let's get it. So, right? So, um, right? Why the heathen rage and people murmur in vain. They come together against Yahuwah and his Messiah. But he that dwells in the heavens shall laugh because he knows, just like if people try to like take down um, Leviathan or Behemoth, good luck. you probably throw a nuke at it if Yahweh shall have them in derision. Then he shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore pleasure, saying, "Even I have set my king upon my holy, uh my Zion upon my holy mountain." Right? So he set his king upon it. That's what it's talking about here. And Yahweh seated him on the throne of his glory. That's, again, this is going back to Enoch 62. I will declare the decree, that is, Yahuwah has said unto me, You are my son this day I have begotten you. Ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall crush them with a scepter of iron and break them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now therefore, you kings. Be learned, ye judges of the earth. Serve Yahuwah in fear and rejoice in trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is, shall be suddenly burned. Blessed are all they that trust in him. So there's going to be a time of destruction for some people and then there's going to be some that aren't destroyed but then serve him in fear the nations will serve him but the nations that remain will serve him that's why we see like the book of Zechariah 14 that the nations that survive that those that uh, don't come up to the feast of Sukkot will not receive rain in their land why it's because there's nations that survive and fear him uh, going back to Enoch 62 we're going to read verses 6 through, four, uh, six through 14 And the kings and the mighty and all who possess the earth shall bless and glorify and extol him who rules over all who is hidden. But it's too late. For from the beginning the Son of Man was hidden and the Most High preserved him in the presence of his might and revealed him to the elect. The true Messiah is being revealed in these last days. Even though the false version of our Messiah has been preached for centuries, even thousands of years at this point, the true Messiah that was hidden has been revealed. The lawful one, the one that taught obedience um, as part of the walk. Go back and review John 3.16-21 through 21, Knowing that the Torah is light And the congregation of the elect and holy Shall be sown And all the elect shall stand before him on that day Remember Thousands Thousand time, th- times Ten thousand stood before him And the elect shall stand before him on that day And all the kings and the mighty and the exalted And those who rule the earth Shall fall down before him on their faces And worship and set their hope upon that son of man And petition him And supplicate for mercy at his hands Nevertheless That master Yahushabaoth will be so press them that they shall hastily go forth from his presence. Their faces shall be filled with shame, and the darkness grow deeper on their faces. And he will deliver them to the angels for punishment. And that's what you see: the bowls, the vials, uh, the trumpets. These are all um, the destruction of the earth and of the people. He will deliver them to the angels for punishment to execute vengeance on them because they have oppressed his children and his elect. And they shall be a spectacle for the righteous and for his elect. They shall rejoice over them because the wrath of Yahweh rests upon them. And his sword is drunk with their blood. And the righteous and the elect shall be saved on that day. And they shall never thenceforward see the face of the sinners and the unrighteous. And Yahweh will abide over them. And with that Son of Man shall they eat and lie down and rise up forever and ever. It's amazing. And, you know, there's a, there's a consistent discussion whether Messiah is also the Father. Um, I don't know. That can really stir up some, some um, heated discussions. But the book of Enoch, and just, here's just another passage, just makes it very clear that there's two beings. There's the Father and the Son. So verse 14, And Yahweh Sabaoth, that's the Father, will abide over them, and with that Son of Man, they shall eat and lie down and rise up forever. We know that Son of Man is Messiah. So we have a humbled enemy, Micah 7, 11 through 20. So in that day that your walls are to be built, New Jerusalem, in that day shall the de- decree be far removed. In that day also he shall come even to you from Assyria and from the fortified cities and from the fortresses even to the river and from sea to sea and from mountain to mountain, notwithstanding the land shall be desolate. What land is that? That's the land of Israel. Shall be desolate because of them that dwell therein. And think about who's dwelling in there right now. It's a, it's a, the one of the top top five um, homosexual uh, destinations of the world. Um, and the people that live there, I know there's a couple, there's some good believers in there. But for the most part, it's inhabited by people that deny Messiah, straight up. So I know that most of us were, were uh, taught growing up to reverence that place and the people that live there. But as a person that grew up in Judaism, and my family still even lives there in that land today, I can tell you, they deny Messiah. They'd spit on him, right? Read the, the, don't read the Talmud. But the Talmud basically says that our Messiah, the Talmud, which they reverence uh, as their guidebook, says that our Messiah is uh, burning in hell in, in feces. Don't believe me? Look it up. Gitin 57A and B. Read it for yourself that's what they that's the that's their book so notwithstanding the land shall be desolate because of them that dwell therein for the fruit of their doings, feed thy people with a rod and the flock of your heritage which dwells solitarily in the wood in the midst of carmel let them feed in Bashan and gilead as in the days of old so this is talking right according to the days of coming out of the land of egypt will i show unto them marvelous things so this is like the exodus again this is like the coming out of the nation uh coming out of the nations the nations shall see and be confounded all their might they shall lay the hand upon their mouth their ears shall be deaf they shall lick the dust like a serpent they shall move out of their holes like worms of the earth they shall be afraid of Yahweh Elohim and shall fear because of you who is a Elohim like unto you that pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage he retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy there it is again our merciful, amazing Elohim. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities and will cast their sins into the depths of the sea. You will perform the truth, the Torah to Jacob and the mercy of Abraham, which you have sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. There's the story. So this is talking about New Jerusalem. This is, let's just go ahead and read it. Isaiah 49, 14-26. But Zion said, Yahweh has forsaken me, and my master has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, it's possible. Yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. So this is talking about New Jerusalem, that he built this building. Your walls are continually before me. Your children shall make haste. Your destroyers, and they that made you waste, shall go forth from you. So go away. Lift up your eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to you. As I live, says Yahuwah, you shall surely clothe you with them all as with an ornament and bind them on you as a bride does. Literally, again, people, his people that are gathered together will literally become part of the building. For your waste and your desolate places and the land of your destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallowed you up shall be far away. The children which you shall have after you have lost the other shall say again in your ears, the place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. There's going to be so many. <clears throat> we learn about this parable in 2 Esdras how um, New Jerusalem or, or just you know Jerusalem in general was uh, lamenting for her lost son, which was her people. And um, it even says in Isaiah 54, uh, Sing, O barren. Uh, For more, uh, for the desolate woman has more than than the married woman. Anyways, basically just saying that the latter gathering of her people, New Jerusalem, is going to be more than ever before. And it's going to be so much, it's going to fill the place. Then shall you say in your heart, who has begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children? So this is like New Jerusalem speaking. Who who has begotten me all these children, seeing I have lost my children? And I'm desolate, and a captive, or moving to, to and fro. And who has brought up these? Who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone these where have they been thus says yahweh elohim behold i will lift up my hand to the nations and set up my standard to the people and they shall bring your sons in their arms and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders and kings shall be your nursing fathers and their queens thy nursing mothers and they shall bow down to you with their face toward the earth and lick up the dust of your feet and you shall know that i am Yahweh, for they shall not be ashamed they wait on me so like i said before like we said when we were reading uh, revelation three Uh, and, you know, you that have little strength, you have kept the word of my patience, brothers and sisters, it is trial city out there. And I can tell you, I know, because I'm in the midst of like four or five different things coming down on me at the same time. But you know what? The longer we do this, the more he strengthens us through the flames, through the battles, through the trials. And it says right here, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Don't give up. Don't give up. It'll be worth it. It'll all be worth it. Every moment. Every tear. Every year. Everything we go through. It'll all be worth it when New Jerusalem comes. His kingdom. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? No. But, thus says Yahweh, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. So it's like, even if the the, <clears throat> the rich of the world, the, the, the powerful, the mighty, even though their plans seem to be working and closing in on people and famine and war and all this kind of stuff that they want to keep you in fear about. Doesn't matter. Yahoo will deliver us. That's a promise. I think we know that we're in the end times and that there's very little time left. He will deliver. Stand firm. Stand still. Don't be moved. For I will contend with him that contends with you and I will save your children and I will feed them and oppress you with their own flesh and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine and all flesh shall know that I, Yahuwah, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. What a day. What a day. Okay. Let's finish up 62. Verse 15. Oh, let's just read 14 again because it's amazing. And Yahuwah said will abide over them and with that son of man they shall eat and lie down and rise up forever and ever man that's the goal and we're going to talk we're going to talk a little bit more about the goal the prize because paul says that we run the race right and how can one win the crown unless they str- unless they run the race lawfully so it's always it's good to remind ourselves of the keep our eye on the prize of what's at hand cuz sometimes the trials can be just so overwhelming but There is a prize at the end, no matter what. And the righteous and the elect shall have risen from the earth and ceased to be of downcast countenance, and they shall have been clothed with the garments of glory. And these shall be the garments of life from Yahuwah Sabaoth, and your garments shall not grow old, nor your glory pass away before Yahuah Sabaoth. In rebuking the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, he says... Uh, your garments didn't grow old. Your shoes uh, didn't wear out, whatever have you. And that was a small foreshadow of the real garments of glory, never fading. We're in the wilderness now. We're being tested. Let's about these garments. I'm going to read all of Isaiah 61, even though really it's just like the last verse that talks about this. This whole thing, this whole passage is just amazing. I'm um, not going to get fully into it today, but in here you'll see the, the the day of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee, the year of release, the, the year um, of a releasing of the captives. And that's what we're waiting for. And that year of release also being the year of destruction. We'll see here. The spirit of Yahweh Elohim is upon me because Yahweh has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the year, the acceptable year of Yahuwah, and the day of vengeance of our Elohim, to comfort all that mourn. And so this is all talking about the year of release, the year that um, the book of um, Leviticus uh, 20... 26? No, I can't remember. Uh, after twenty, maybe twenty. Leviticus twenty-five or twenty-six talks about the year of jubilee, the release, and how all debts are paid. Um, lands that were sold are returned back to their owner. Um, it's just a good. It's a really good thing, and I, I believe that when he gets us, it'll be a year of release. Also, to proclaim the acceptable year of Yahuwah and the day of vengeance of our Elohim. It's interesting. Our Messiah stopped here when he stood up to read. Anyways. "...to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of Yahuwah, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vinedressers." But ye shall be named the priests of Yahuwah. Men shall call you the ministers of our Elohim. Ye shall eat the riches of the nations, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. For I, Yahuwah, love judgment or right ruling. I hate robbery for burnt offering, and I will direct their work in truth, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, the nations, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which Yahweh blessed. I will greatly rejoice in Yahuwah. My soul shall be joyful in my Elohim. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments. There's that passage again we read in Isaiah 49 earlier. about We literally become ornaments uh, as a bride. You know, the ornaments literally on New Jerusalem. And as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth her bud, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so Yahweh Elohim will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Revelation nineteen eight through nine, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. If you haven't started looking for replacing your wardrobe with linen, you can do it. Check the check the uh, thrift stores. You'll be amazed that you can find beautiful Garments of linen are very inexpensive. shoes should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are true sayings of Elohim. Back to Enoch 62:14, And Yahuwah Sabot will abide over them, and with that son of man, and they shall eat, and lie down, and rise up forever and ever. Who wants those garments? I do sign me up we were reading second baruch earlier uh we'll read another passage real quick Uh, second baruch 52 or 51 it shall come to pass when that appointed day has gone by that then shall the aspect of those who are condemned be afterwards changed and the glory of those who are justified for the aspect of those who now act wickedly shall become worse than it is as they shall suffer torment Also, as for the glory of those who have now been justified in my Torah, and we know that Messiah is the word, he is the Torah, who have had understanding in their life and who have planted in their heart the root of wisdom, then their splendor shall be glorified in changes and the form of their face shall be turned into the light of their beauty that they may be able to acquire and receive the world which does not die which is then promised them this is the goal brothers and sisters this is this is what's ahead of us now obviously we should want to do right because we should want that in our heart just be good people and good according to the word of elohim not according to the our own heart and what we think is right but this is the this is right. This is the promised. This is the promise. This is the goal. For over this, above all, all those who come then shall lament that they rejected my Torah and stopped their ears that they might not hear wisdom or receive understanding. You've seen people like this. Like I am not hearing this Torah talk. I am not doing this. I'm not doing. People are like that. Those people are going to lament that they rejected his Torah and stopped their ears that they might not hear wisdom or receive understanding when therefore they see those over whom they are now exalted but who shall then be exalted and glorified more than they they shall respectively be transformed the latter so those that are justified in the torah into the splendor of angels this is what we read earlier in revelation 21 according to the man that is of the angel the latter into the splendor of angels and the former shall yet more waste away in wonder at the visions and the beholding of the forms they shall first behold and afterward depart to be tormented right given over to the angels for torment But those who have been saved by their works and to whom the Torah has now been a hope and an understanding and an expectation and a wisdom, confidence shall wonders appear in their time. For they shall behold the world which is now invisible to them, and they shall behold the time which is now hidden from them. Time shall no longer age them. For in the heights of that world shall they dwell, and they shall be made like unto the angels, and be made equal to the stars, and they shall be changed into every form they desire, from beauty into loveliness, and from light into the splendor of glory. I mean, this is is the goal, brothers and sisters. No matter how hard it seems, there's going to come a time where every moment was worth it. So if you're in the middle of the flames, take it in stride. Take it in peace. Be patient, patient in tribulation. Right, pray without ceasing. Look at the examples we have of like David and Abraham. Look at David. David, you know, th- through the power of obviously mis- of, of of Yah, defeated the giant. Was a legend. Nobody could stand in his way. It was given the kingdom, and you know, not long after, the whole kingdom turned on him and served Absalom. You know, it's just like he could have just been like, you people but he still loved them, right? Patient in his tribulation. And in the in the midst of all that, you had a guy throwing rocks at him. And one of David's um, captains was like, hey, let me go take off his head. And David's like, why? Let him. Yah's called him to throw, you know, to, to curse me, let him curse, right? That's the kind of patience in tribulation. And now I'm talking to myself because I could use some work in patience in tribulation. We all can. Look at Abraham. Look at all the tests he went through. You really don't get the depth of those studies, of those tests, unless you read uh, books like Yeshar, Jasher. Ah, any case, brothers and sisters, um, that's 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 what's ahead if we endure, if we persevere, if we hold fast until the end. Psalm 18, verse 27. For you will save the afflicted people Interesting timing, but will bring down the high looks, for you will light my candle. Yahuwah, my Elohim, will enlighten my darkness. All right, we're talking about that light, dark, tor keeping, torless, torlessness. For by you I have run through a troop, and by my Elohim have I leaped over a wall. This is that destructive force that we saw in, in Isaiah 13, his sanctified ones, his mighty ones for the battle. As for Elohim, his way is perfect; the word of Yahweh is tried. He who? He is a buckler. The word of Yahuwah, our Messiah, is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is Elohim save Yahuwah? Or who is a rock save our Elohim? It is Elohim that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war so the bow of steel is broken in my arms. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand has hold me up and thy gentleness has made me great. You have enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For you have girded me with strength unto the battle. You have subdued under me those that rose up against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save them. This is like what the book of Enoch was saying. It's too late. Even unto Yahweh, but he answered them not. Right, so this is them when they are crying, oh, you know, um... And all the kings of the mighty and the exalted and those who rule the earth, this is back to Enoch 62, 9, shall fall down before him on their faces and worship and set their hope upon that son of man and petition and supplicate for mercy at his hands. Nevertheless, Yahweh will so press them that they hastily go forth from his presence and their faces shall be filled with shame and the darkness shall grow deeper on their faces and he will deliver them to the angels for punishment to execute vengeance on them. It's too late. It's people that, like we read earlier in the Shepherd of Hermes, if they repent while the tower is still being built, and there's time, but if they don't, time's up. They cried, but there was none to save them, even unto Yahuwah. But he answered them not. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people, and you have made me the head of the heathen. So this is talking about Messiah specifically, I think, but also his people. A people who I have not known shall serve me. Remember, it goes back to Revelation. You have made us kings and priests. Well, what, have, what do the kings and priests do? They rule. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The strangers... The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. This is the promise to rule over the nations. Just like he promises in Revelation 2, right? To rule and reign just as he does. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of their closed places. Yahweh lives, and blessed be my rock, and let the Elohim of my salvation be exalted. It is Elohim that avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Yea, you lift up me above those that rise up against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will I give thanks unto you, O Yahweh, among the heathen, and sing praises unto your name. Don't stop doing that. Sing. Great deliverance gives he to his king, and shows mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. Hallelujah uh luke 19 i meant to just have a couple of verses here let me see here this is the parable of talents right uh and he delivered his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them occupied till i come but his citizens hated him and sent messages after him saying we will not have this man to reign over us and it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your your pound has gained ten pounds. And he said to him, Well, you good servant, because you have been faithful in very little, have you authority over ten cities. That's pretty specific. Right? Be ruler over five cities. That's what kings and priests do. They rule over cities, provinces, provinces. Just something to think about. All right, Enoch sixty-three. In those days, shall the mighty and the kings who possess the earth implore him to grant them a little respite, little 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 uh, respite, like uh, give us a break. From his angels of punishment, whom they were delivered, that they might fall down and worship before Yahuwah Sabaoth, and confess their sins before him. And they shall bless and glorify Yahuwah Sabaoth, and say, Blessed is Yahuwah Sabaoth, and Yahuwah of kings, and Yahuwah the mighty, and Yahuwah the rich, and Yahuwah the glory, and Yahuwah of wisdom. And splendid in every secret thing is your power from generation to generation, and your glory forever and ever. Deep are all your secrets, and innumerable, and your righteousness is beyond reckoning. We have now learnt that we should glorify and bless Yahuwah of kings, and to him who is king over all the kings. And they shall say, What that we had rest, so if we just had just a little bit of rest, to glorify and give thanks and confess our faith before his glory. And now we long for a little rest, but find it not. We follow hard upon and obtain it not. And light has vanished from before us, and darkness is our dwelling place forever and ever. For we have not believed before him, nor glorify the name of Yahuwah Sabot, nor glorified our Master. But our hope was in the scepter of our kingdom and in our glory. And in the day of our suffering and tribulation, right, for the wicked, he saves us not. And we find no respite for confession that our master is true in all his works and in his judgments and his justice. And his judgments have no respect of persons. And we pass away before his face on account of our works. And all our sins are reckoned up in righteousness. Now they shall say unto themselves, our souls are full of unrighteous gain, but it does not prevent us from descending from the midst of thereof into the burden of Sheol, and after that their faces shall be filled with darkness and shame before that Son of Man, and they shall be driven from His presence, and the sword shall abide before His face in their midst. Thus spake Yahushabot. This is the ordinance and the judgment with respect—judgment being right ruling—with respect to the mighty and to the kings and the exalted and those who possess the earth before Yahushabot. So they did not repent before He came. So when He came, and they realized and recognized, it's too late. It's too late. And we see them falling into Sheol here. Revelation nineteen nineteen through 21 And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which, he de- which deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These were both cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with him, the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with his flesh. So at some point here, they're like, Ah, we're fighting against you, but we're wrong. We're sorry. It's too late. It's over. It's too late. All right, we're just going to read 64, which is just uh, two verses, and we're going to finish up today. Sixty four of Enoch and other forms I saw hidden in that place, and I heard the voice of the angels saying, These are the angels who descended to the earth and revealed what was hidden to the children of men, and seduced the children of men into committing sin. And it's interesting this actually ties into uh, our following study tonight, um, being the Torah portion, which is Ahare Mot, which is Leviticus sixteen through eighteen, which talks all about um, the Day of Atonement. And when we research the book of Enoch, chapter ten specifically. We see the origins of the Day of Atonement and Azazel, the scapegoat, and the uh, the the well, the Day of Atonement. So, if you want to learn more about this passage, uh, we talked about a lot about it in the first couple um, the first couple um, studies of this Enoch study. Sorry, part like part two or three, I think we, is what we discussed quite in depth about Azazel, the fallen angels. Uh, their punishment the torment um, their coming punishment things like that so uh, with that brothers and sisters I pray that you were able to glean something about this the overarching point I want to make here is well it's like the book of Ecclesiastes <laughs> fear Elohim and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man because you know what there's gonna be a day of reckoning is coming and what side of it are you gonna be on what side of it am I gonna be on what side of it are we gonna be on that is what's at hand I don't know about you but I want to be on the right side of things I want to be in his kingdom away from this craziest time that this earth is ever going to see, a time when behemoth and leviathan are going to walk through it, a time when plagues are going to be all over this place, a time when uh, the natural order of things is going to be all out of whack and a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people are going to die. And I want to be with him. I want to be I want to lie down and recline with him at the at his feast. So, with that, remember, through the fires, persevere. He will get you through it. Paul says, you know, we're not given anything that's too much for us. It may seem like it at times. It may seem overwhelming. But it never is, brothers and sisters. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahweh Most High, we just come before you, Abba, and thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet. We thank you for sending your son, Messiah Husha, the true Messiah that you're revealing to us in these last days. Father, we we just wait patiently for the return of Messiah Husha. Father, we want to be found righteous We want to be among the elect and the righteous that stands before the Son of Man. We want to escape these things that are coming to pass, Father. And we just want to do what's right in your sight because it's the right thing to do, Father. And because you're merciful and you're long-suffering. Father, we pray that, the prayer I want to pray right now, Father, is everyone that's listening, that we all have softened hearts to love each other, to love you and to love each other with a true heart. Nothing wavering. No hidden agendas. No vain glory. Nothing, Father but your truth. We love you and bless you Messiah Husha's name. Please, Father, help your people. Mark your people. Shabbat shalom. Amen. mean. Shabbat shalom, brothers and sisters. I pray this is a blessing. Um, after this is over, 10, 15 minutes, we'll do the uh, tour portion. So, blessings and shalom. And let's see. Yeah, we should all seek his face. So, let's sing about it. Shalom. <laughs>
1: Blessed are you, Yahweh You gave us of your son so we could have hope. Taught us how to walk in spirit and in truth. He is divine, through him we bear fruit. Your words a lamp unto our feet. Our hearts desire with every single beat. Your Torah inside us commandments we know. Till that creature so far
2: we wait until it gone. When you said, my face My heart said unto you Your face will not see And sound that so And go the shout We'll sing you praises Praises to our King And clap your hands For all his people
1: seek Him, turning to His way Leaving Babylonia, Who should? don't delay can always His people, His doctrine Drops His rain. keeping The commandments, lest you walk in vain His Torah is no burden No matter what you're told Sweeter than honey and Worth more than
2: gold When you said You're seeking my face, My heart said I'm your face will not see And sound that show forever with the shout Will sing you praises Praises to our King And clap your hands To all his people And sing with joy To our
1: Chosen to him we belong. Worthy is the Lamb, for he was slain. Made us kings and priests, by him we shall reign. Open ye the gates for those that keep the truth. You give us lasting peace, a minds estate on you, striving to shine bright like your menorah. Walking in the way, the truth, your Torah. Amen.
2: unto you, your face will not see and sound natural forever. Go with the shout, we'll sing you praises, praises to our King, and clap your hands all his people.